Hey, oh, welcome everyone to episode 82 of Today in the Scene. I'm Joe with the Indie Arcade Wave, and I just want to say thank you for checking us out. If you like what we're doing here at Indie Arcade Wave, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And we'll just keep these videos coming for you from devs, arcade owners, and things in that area. So um, this week we're going to talk to an indie developer. It's been a few weeks since we've talked to a developer, and I'm pretty excited to do that. So this developer keeps showing up all over my TikTok. Um, it's actually a team of developers. And they made a game called Ages of Kataria. So Ages of Kataria is a town building kind of sim game where you get to do a bunch of really cool stuff and has some really unique features and story development that I haven't seen in a game like this. Um, So I'm going to introduce the creators now, Nicole and Alex. How are you guys doing today? Fantastic. Hello. Great. Thank you for having us. It's good to be here. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. And I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm super excited to talk to another developer. Um, I kind of mix in arcades and developers and the developer episodes are usually pretty fun because it's a really, really unique story. Mm. Um, so let's just jump right into you guys. So let us know a little bit about yourselves as well as kind of what's going on with the game. Okay. Awesome. Well, I was born July 7th, 1993. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, yeah, so let's just start from the beginning of like how we started this game. We both lost our jobs after COVID hit and we really needed... A project to work on and we were like what are the things that we're passionate about like i went to school for creative writing at full sail university and i was like i really want to build up my portfolio because at that time i was writing about gutters so i was really happy that i lost that job i was like don't need it anymore um and i started making a little tiny game on twine which is like a text-based adventure program that you can use very popular um and I was talking to Nicole, I was like, let's, uh, maybe we can work together and combine our resources. Like you can be the project manager and I'll be the writer and maybe we'll find an artist that can add art to the, the text-based adventure. Uh, and then it just grew and grew until it became like out. We just took the text-based adventure and took it outside of the game and then made it a town building game that you get to know your citizens. So the citizens then go on the text-based adventure and get to develop this history and grow and age and eventually they'll die. And then you know, their children will grow up in the town and then they'll have their own adventure and history. So the game just grew and grew and we needed more resources, more people to work on the game. And we're all working for free at this point. So everyone on the team, we were like, um, you, you want to build up your portfolios and resumes because people were graduating college or they lost their job at whatever company they were working at. And they were looking for the same thing that we were looking for. Uh, and so we just pulled together and we were like, all right, let's build up our resumes. Uh, and we worked for free for about a year and a half. And we were like, well, this game's great. Let's launch a Kickstarter. And then we launched our Kickstarter. And I can talk more about that later, but I'll let Nicole go from here. <laughs> uh, I'll just say that I'm the CEO and creative director at Third Pie Studios. <laughs> I don't think I said that before. I don't know that there's a lot for me to add. You pretty much told the whole story, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I will introduce myself. Hi, I'm Nicole. I'm the COO and co-owner with Alex, and I produce Ages of Kataria. Um, so, you know, Alex had his degree in creative writing. I went to school for acting, and I was actually working as a bartender pre-COVID. So when I lost my job, I was actually already looking for a way to get back into the arts and back into a creative field. Um, and really utilize my skills for team leadership and communication, organization, that kind of thing. Um, We actually have a ton of game studios where we're located. We're in the um, Raleigh-Durham area of North Carolina. 
And, you know, Epic is right down the road. Um, Squanch Games, for anyone who's like a Rick and Morty fan, is right down the road. We have Insomniac here. Uh, sorry, Insomnia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> we have a Ubisoft office. Like, everything is very, very close to us here. But we couldn't get hired anywhere um, because we didn't have any experience whatsoever. We didn't have a launch game. Like, we didn't have any game dev experience at all. Um, so we just decided to make our own game. We wanted it to be really really legit and because neither of us had any experience and we were not committed to learning <laughs> that's why we decided to start bringing all, all of these people um although because we didn't have any experience and we we're starting from nothing we had no money and we didn't have jobs so we really didn't have money um so we had to enroll people into joining our team and working on this game project for this company that just started existing um with basically nothing with no money um so we really you know that's how we decided okay we we have to be legit we started uh, we registered the name of our company we became a real company um because when we started searching for people on reddit they said is this legit? This looks like a scam, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and so we became a legit company. We started posting job listings on LinkedIn and other places around the internet. Luckily, people like were excited about the idea of the game. And whenever they met us, they were like, oh, these people seem pretty cool. They seem pretty real. Um, this is probably not a scam. <laughs> they decided to, uh, luckily a lot of them chose to take the leap and work with us. So we have a team of, um, 10 people, including ourselves right now, um, who have been committed to this game for varying amounts of time. And they're just absolutely phenomenal. Um, so we're working towards our playable right now. It's very exciting. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like you guys have been through a whole lot and you kind of sort of answered my next question. So I'm going to rephrase it a little bit because I think with what you said, this is kind of an interesting take on it. You guys are both in the arts, right? So, I mean, uh, you have this perspective of what you went to school for and everything, but why did you choose game development? Like out of everything that you could have done, why was your direction that you chose game dev? Yeah, I love this question. Well, <clears throat> I didn't want to. At first, I wanted to write screenplays and make movies. Uh, and that's really, really hard. <laughs> uh, that is like, I have a bunch of screenplays. They don't get, they didn't go anywhere. They didn't win any competitions, which is fine. And maybe I'll go back into that someday. But, um, and that's what led me into writing about gutters, like I was saying before. Uh, and then it was kind of like COVID was a blessing in disguise and like I lost that job and then I was like okay well let's really get back into the arts I want to get creative and so I started just writing for video games and I always full sale it's like a entertainment college so they taught me like all about like screenwriting video game writing too and um, novel writing and I paid attention a lot in mostly in the screenplay writing and in the video game writing I didn't pay much attention during novel classes uh, so I was like, okay, video games are totally fine. I love video games. Um, so I'm very happy to be a part of it. And like, really, we always think like super long-term, like what could our company be in like 20 years? And we always think like maybe it could be both video games and movies somehow. Um, <laughs> but right now we're just strictly focused on the video game aspect. Yeah. And I'll answer this too, because my answer is a little bit different from Alex's. Um, cause he is a lifelong gamer. 
but I I never considered myself a gamer until probably like a couple months ago <laughs> because my team was like, no, you're a gamer, you're a gamer. Um, I just always growing up felt like it was not a term that I was allowed to apply to myself. Um, I grew up playing Super Nintendo. Like I have two siblings who are much older than me. And so they had like some of these great games like um, Yoshi's Island, for example, was one of my favorites, Donkey Kong. Um, and I grew up playing these games and I grew up playing a lot of board games. Um, I, I love all kinds of games, um, most kinds of games. And, um, but I never really felt like this is not an area that I'm allowed to be a part of. Like this is reserved for boys, first of all, or, um, it's like a certain kind of game that you have to play, like World of Warcraft or League of Legends or like COD or FIFA, like any of these kinds of games, like playing Nintendo games, like Monkey Ball, Banana Blitz is not like, you can't consider yourself a gamer. Like if you play Mario, you're not a gamer. Like there's a whole different thing. Like even after I played on the um, Super Nintendo, I didn't really have any game consoles in my life for a very long time until um, the Wii. And there was this sense I remember at the time that the Wii was really made for like everyone. Like anyone can play it. It's really simple. Um, there's very few controls that you can actually use. And um I always just felt like that is actually a console for everyone, but it's still because it's for everyone means that it's not for gamers. So if you play Wii, you're not a gamer. Um, and so it wasn't until um, I started dating Alex and um, something that he loved to do was play games. And so if I wanted to hang out with him, I would sit on the couch next to him and watch him play games. You're welcome. <laughs> um, games like uh, The Last of Us, for example. And as I watched him play these games, I actually really fell in love with video games as an art form. And I had never really seen it this way before. Um, but coming from my background in theater, I started to look at the different facets that everything that has to go into a game like The Last of Us or Uncharted, um, the lighting, the 3D modeling, the acting, the animation, the music, like all of these aspects, things that when I look at a play that I would love to break down, you know, the props, the music, the lighting, the spacing, whatever it is, all of those things that I love are also in this art form. And I just really didn't see it as an art form until then. Um, so it was a really cool experience. And when I decided I wanted to get back into a creative field, as I said earlier, this was one of the things that I felt like was actually accessible to me. Um, when I started looking at, well, what are the art jobs I can even get out there right now? You know, I can't really, you know, working at a museum, I'm not going to be a curator. I don't have any experience with that. I don't have any like grounds for that whatsoever. Um, if I work at a museum, I'm just going to be like a ticket person. Like, what else can I really even do? I could do some local theater, but it was COVID times. So there wasn't any. Um, and so I looked around and what I found was a lot of video game jobs. Obviously, again, couldn't get hired anywhere, but <laughs> it got me thinking. It got me excited. Alex loved games. And so when he said that he had this idea of something that he could do, it just over time of us 
talking about it more and more, it became more and more real and like a thing that we might actually be able to do. Um, and now here we are a year and a half or so later. Um, and we have this amazing community and working on the game right now. It is so fun. And it really feels like something real that people actually want to play. <laughs> it's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's so many things that both of you said there that I really resonated with and that I've heard from other developers, especially like the uh, seeing it as a as a true art form. I remember talking to to Rafa a while back and he was talking about how he was a, an artist, like a portrait artist originally, and he did more paintings and drawings. And not to oversimplify it, as we both said in that interview, but um, it's more of a two dimensional art form where like you have so much going on with the dimensions, the shadows, what you're portraying in the picture, but then you have video games where you have like you were talking about character models shadows uh you have to use the music to display different kinds of emotions and there's just so much that goes into it it's it's like making a movie but you're making everybody from scratch as opposed to having actors really play that character yes and it's also interactive so that the audience actually gets to play a part in the art which is so cool and it definitely enhanced in our game where the player actually gets to make choices that matter right so let's talk about the game. Let's just dive into Ages of Kataria. Yeah, like, what is the game about? Obviously, we, we've got the story, as Alex said, that he's he wrote most of the stuff. And then what are people signing up for? Like, what do you get out of playing this game? Great question. Yeah, I mean, I, Nicole's always said this about me, and I'm just going to use it for my story now. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> she talks about how much I love ant farms, and I always just love having, like, the like waking up the next day and seeing like the ants like made a new tunnel or they like planted a seed. Like if you give them ants a seed, they'll just plant it and then they'll just like feed off the plant. It's just so, so cool to see like something being alive and growing. And so I wanted to create a town that felt alive and I love town building games, but I always got this feeling that they didn't tap into the individual story of like, who is this citizen? They might give them a name and an age, but, and then like they'll die eventually, but you're not, you don't have no idea who they are. They're just somebody who goes out and chops wood all day and then they go to sleep and they chop wood the next day. And so I was like, who is this person? So in our game, we really wanted to tap into who the individuals are in your town. Like they have names and they have a history and this history is developed by their, the quest that they go on, like, which is the story of the game. So this game doesn't have like this linear story. That's like, you know, they go up Mount doom or whatever. And like, you know, they destroy whatever they need to destroy. And like, there's nothing like that. It's individual stories catered to the villagers personality. They might have different choices, different options to go through. So it's like choose your own adventure for the villager. And then that story might end in some sort of success where they get this like stone that enhances their abilities or like some tragedy where they get like hurt for like forever, really. They, they have like some sort of scar on their face. Um, and we really wanted to create that, like develop that deep interpersonal story between the villagers and like have them have there be like 30 villagers that are in your town that have this potential. Um, and you see, as you can come back every day, since the game takes place over like real time, your villagers age over seven weeks. So when they're born, they have about seven weeks until they die. And so that really gives players a chance to like connect with their villagers. And we understand this could be tragic that they die eventually, <laughs> but like you've already developed the story with them as like, family so you know their kids around like you want to continue this you don't want to just quit because that one villager dies you're going to be attached to many other villagers in your town so you'll continue that story because like death is just part of like the story of life and so we really want to convey that in our game um and really yeah like i said like come back to the town and like oh my god like the building's done that i was trying to build and like 
uh, or like, oh, this person aged up or they had the they had a baby, they had a kid. And like, that's really exciting stuff. Like you really want to see your families grow in the game and like how the players design their own town, their own way. And I was really tired of a lot of games that had like, wait 40 days for this building to be built. We don't have any of that. It'll be like a couple hours or something like that. It's not going to be like, we want to encourage patients, but we don't want to have people like feel like they have to ever like wait weeks for something to get completed. Like there's always something for players to do and there's no like pay to win. Like you can't just like buy our, like whatever end game currency, which we won't have. You can't just buy that and just be like building's done. This person ages. Like that's not the kind of game we want to create. Like we just really want to create this interpersonal story that you're connected to your villagers and time passes. And that's why, why we called it ages of Kataria, which wasn't its first name, but that's why we chose <laughs> it this time. Yeah. I do want to just expand a little bit um on you know what the player is actually getting into because um we do like to describe it as like a town building game a town management game um which at its very foundational level it is you know your villagers will collect resources you'll build buildings upgrade those buildings to better collect resources um so it is that town management facet and if you want to look at it as like a town building game so you also get the perspective of like the player character um so a lot of people get confused am i a villager am i like the camera um you're kind of everything you're everywhere but you're floating around the village um but it's not just a town builder like alex said you know it's also a like intimate we like to call it a village story generator because you as the player really are generating the story of your village. Um, not only through these character um, quests or the character text adventures that you're going to be playing through, but there's also events in town, um, relationships that you get to decide how they turn out, that kind of thing. Um, even in the way that you collect resources, you'll have a choice. Um, because there is multiplayer trading, you could possibly just only collect one resource and trade for everything else you need. So you as a player really have every choice that you could possibly want to define the story of your village over time. Um, so that's a really cool thing that's unique about it. The other thing too, I'll touch on when it comes to perspective and some of the mechanics of the game. Um, you're going to be floating around the village, managing villagers, playing through quests. When you play through a quest, it's um it's not first person, but it is from the perspective of that one specific villager. So you're making choices for that one villager. And um, you'll do a similar thing with mini games. So we do have some mini games associated with the buildings in the village. Um, if you play this mini game, you'll increase the skills of this village or increase productivity. Um, but the mini games, some of them you'll play from the perspective of the villager. For example, our archery mini game, you actually play as the villager shooting at the targets, that kind of thing. Um, so there are also mini games and lots of little fun things like that. Um, it is kind of a slow burn just because we want players to ex really experience the passage of time. Um, but there's so much to do in a day, like, from the quests and events and relationship building and the mini games and resource collection and building stuff, training with your friends and chatting with them in the game. Like there is going to be a ton of stuff to do. Yeah. I mean, it sounds fun. Like I, I there was one thing that really stood out to me when I was watching you guys' video was the tree. 
Like the tree where the villagers die, their soul goes into the tree, the tree grows, and you can look back at the stories. I thought that was a really cool way to to tie the ancestors back into, I mean, it's the circle of life, right? You, you talked about how it's, it's cyclical and we deal with it as, as humans too, you know? I mean, everything happens the same way. Um, and a game like this obviously has inspiration drawn from somewhere where you then took that inspiration and turned it into something else. Where did you guys draw inspiration from primarily for this game? I mean, some some people hide it. They don't like to say exactly where they drew inspiration from. <laughs> we'll but, tell you everything. Um, yeah, I mean, even we're pretty forthcoming. Our game, Galactic Battleground, like, we don't shy away from it being Galaga. We we love Galaga, and that's why yeah. we made it. So where'd you guys draw inspiration from? Great question. A few places. Um, a town building game called Banished. Um, that game has, a, like, a really great system of, like, as you de- expand your town, the t- your town needs more resources, and it's really hard. So, but it, our, so our game isn't as hard as that. But I really love just like seeing the town grow and feeling like, oh my god, I get to build this new house because I need more uh, housing for my town because it's just growing so fast. Like I love that feel. Um, and RimWorld, RimWorld's another great game. Uh, RimWorld's way more violent than our game. You know, our <laughs> game, there's no cannibalism in our game. Um, but we always saw RimWorld as kind of like the, the top of the mountain, like obstacle course, like almost like the Olympics. When our game is kind of more like high school sports like we just wanted to make it a little more simple version of RimWorld that people could get introduced to that kind of genre of like story generation games and then go into RimWorld if they want to but also like just create that bridge between what there is now which we get compared a lot to Animal Crossing um just because of the cozy vibes and the fact that like real world will reflect like if it's you know spring spring will be reflected in Animal Crossing and like time passes in animal crossing i don't really know animal crossing that well nicole, nicole can speak more <laughs> into that but it's really those t- those three games um and we also get compared to a lot to this game called um uh virtual villagers which i've never played and we never really had any meeting talking about it until no. people started saying like what is this reminds us of virtual villagers we've gotten a lot of that yeah so a lot of our community compares us to that game and i, I looked that up a little bit and it looks very similar i guess and like the old like early 2000s type of town building game it looks almost like civilization 2 but yeah like those are the main three are usually banished rimworld and um animal crossing yeah we did take a lot of inspiration from animal crossing just in um crafting especially in the newest animal crossing and um you know, villager relationships and how people really like to create those relationships with each other. Um, Also, the visual aesthetic of Animal Crossing has influenced us a lot. I also like to think that Stardew Valley is very similar to our game, and we've talked about that several times and how that's influenced our game as well. Um, And um, other things that people sometimes associate our game with are like Sims, um, which we do take a little bit from Sims yeah. and um, brain fart. Just <laughs> kidding. That's not it. Um, oh, well, I can't remember right now. Oh, cards. we did actually take some inspiration also from Fallout Shelter. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so kind of everywhere, everyone on our team plays games and so really i want to say that it's like a little bit of whatever anyone is playing at the time influences our game (laughs) yeah i mean and that 
created a big monster at some points during development of like we have all these functions and all these things so we really had to like hone down a lot of things like some things we cut out some things were like no let's hold back on that but we always came at it as like how can this add to the story of the game like for yeah. the story of the villager like does this enhance this part of the game um and we just really thought yes because i'm sure people are like how does fallout shelter contribute to your game and mm -hmm. we thought about like when the villager used in the villager out go on a quest and um, Fallout Shelter, it tells you a little bit about like what they're experiencing. Like they ran across this, they ran across that. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to implement that into our game. So when you send a villager out, you know, as they take their journey to their quest, they'll encounter some things and you can watch, watch them or read about like what they encountered on the way to that quest. Mm -hmm. It's very small, but like we like that aspect to it. Um, yeah. And it adds a lot. Yeah. I also remembered the other one that I was going to say that people sometimes relate the game to, which is The Legend of Zelda. I I don't know that it's very like Zelda. It's pretty different just because it's like a story game. Um, but I think when people say that it reminds them of Zelda, it's the beautiful aesthetic um, because our game is very beautiful. Um, and also the way that the game kind of teeters between being cozy and being a little bit spooky, a little bit mystery. Um, so I, I think we definitely have that. And, uh, also when people listen to our music, sometimes that evokes like a legend of Zelda or a Stardew Valley. Yeah. I mean, I can see all of those games being implemented here. Um, and I'm just, it's just a random thought that I had about your guys's page. The way that I really like drew into the game was your video about the turtle duck eating the pie. I thought that was like really? the most adorable thing that I'd ever seen. And I was like, okay, I'm I'm interested now. Let's dive into this. Yeah, um, we a lot but, of people love the turtle bun. Yeah, that, that's been like it was so funny because we it doesn't contribute too much to the game making that video. No. But, but it was like a month where we just spent time making that and we're like, we love it. <laughs> like, and then we just started, like, yeah, it's like yeah. if we had to go back and do it again, I would not. Like, I just never would have made that video. I love that you love it, but I think you're the first person who's ever told us that outside of our own team. Yeah. I, I thought it was so good, and it, it, like, really draws into the game. I mean, it's it's the cute aesthetic that you were mentioning, and it it it's, it was a good move. So good call on that one. Um, Our you guys, made all the props for that. She's you guys said that you're doing everything basically for free, right? I mean, like, your developers and everybody, everybody's involved in, like, the release idea of the game. So... Let's talk about how you're funding the development or you're funding kind of keeping it moving. Cause at some point it gets pretty expensive. So where are you guys at with that? No That's a great question. So we started off, you know, like for working for free, we just created contracts for everybody. And we had some promises of like, if we get funding or something like, or the game gets successful, like we'll give you this percentage or pay like this. And we didn't, we had no idea where it had gone. Like the game could have failed immediately. The Kickstarter could not have worked or something like that. But everyone was working for free and very passionate about that. Like everyone's really passionate about this game. They put a lot of effort into it, no matter what. It's their own baby too. Mm -hmm. um, and then we went to Kickstarter. Had no idea what to expect from that. We were like, maybe we'll do. I don't know. Like I don't. We were like, just see projections from any direction. Like yeah. well, it could go we up to five hundred. It could go up to two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Um, so we launched, launched Kickstarter and we raised one hundred eleven thousand dollars, which is crazy to say like i have to use like a whole breath to say the number which is really <laughs> weird um and that money is just going towards directly funding the game and developing the game right now we are working on creating a great fantastic prototype and vertical slice 
Um, and no matter what you're right, it takes a lot of money to make a game. Mm-hmm. So no matter what, it's not exactly enough to get us to the home run. Um, so right now we're looking and courting publishers to really support us into completing the game. But no matter what, we're all so passionate about this game. We're going to see it through and complete it. Like we're all committed to that. Um, yeah. And it's super exciting. Yeah. So in addition to the Kickstarter that we ran last month, um, we are doing an Indiegogo right now. Um, we had so many people join our community after the Kickstarter ended. And we thought, why not, you know, increase the amount of funds that we have to continue developing the game right now um, and give people a second chance, probably the last chance for a while, mm-hmm. to um, get the game key at a discount. It's discounted from what it will be whenever it launches. Um, and it's also a really great opportunity for people to just support us and support the do the dream of this game. Um, so we were totally blown away with the amount of support that we got on the Kickstarter. It was absolutely phenomenal. And like our hearts are just so full at how many people are as excited about this as we are. And um, if anyone is interested in continuing to get the game at a discount and some other really cool rewards and gifty things, um, definitely check out our game on Indiegogo right now until next month. Or this month, end of this month. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm definitely going to put that link down below so that people can go check it out. Thank and you. congrats on the Kickstarter. I had no idea that you guys raised that much. When when you said that, I was like, damn, that's <laughs> right. right. Um, but that's that's awesome. I'm glad that you guys have the community behind you. And you really, I mean, you have the funds now to like really push and like mm-hmm. really yeah. make the game that you want to make, not just make the game that you can get done. Yeah. Um, so from your perspective, um, I think this is a good question for you guys because it's the first time you're doing it and you're new devs and there are lots of new devs that um, are all over TikTok watching videos, joining your community, joining my community. So what tips would you have for developers? Super open-ended question. Just what, yeah. like if you could give one or two tips from your perspective, your position on developing, what would it be? Oh my God, only one or two. <laughs> I I see this one a lot and it's I, it's very cater to a specific group. Um, I would say if you're just starting out, don't be afraid of working on free projects. Um, you never know what they can turn out to be. And it's really a great chance to network with people and hone your own skills. I know we have a lot of like stigma against like working for free for other people, but like if you really develop that relationship with somebody and it's like a passion project for you and you're passionate about it, don't feel like it's a negative going for it. And of course, take care of yourself. Like, you know, we all had part-time jobs while we were doing these projects until now. We're all shifting over to full-time on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, don't be afraid of uh, free work. Right. Because at the very least, you'll have something that you can add to your portfolio or add to your resume. Also, tip for getting hired, always, always have a link to your portfolio. Always. <laughs> um I want to say too, my tip is always be like hungry for growth, hungry for learning. Um, I would say that's the single most important thing that has helped us in this whole process is like, yes, we have a great concept and a great team and a lot of people to be able to like push it. Um, But we started at zero, just like everyone else. I mean, we didn't even have any programming or art experience. <laughs> so um, like always be hungry for learning. And when it comes to networking, it's not only good to have people on your team, 
Um, but it's also good to find people who you can ask questions to or support. So like we really champion people to um, like not only find someone who's north of you, like a mentor um, or multiple mentors for many different areas who can support you in like giving you guidance or feedback, uh, answering your questions, asking you questions, anything like that. We had many, many more mentors uh, for this whole journey from um, game development fields, from um uh, what should I say? Um, publishers just meeting with publishers and finding out what things they wanted to know. Um, uh, we met with someone who's an expert in crowdfunding, um, all kinds of things. And so we just continued to seek out people who were north of us, people who had what we wanted. Um, so that's part of it. And the other part of it too, that I think is really important is to continue to like give back to the community. Cause it not only like, again, networking, like supports to have people on your team, but it also makes a difference to be able to teach someone else everything that you've gained. So like for everyone that's north of you, there are a ton of people that are south of you. So like go and give back to all of those people, like answer the questions, just like we, like we are very transparent about our entire journey and everything it took for us to get here. It was a lot of mistakes. Um, but if we can, you know, we're never going to prevent people from making mistakes, but if we can support you in like getting to where you want to be in any way, then we're up to that. Like we want growth above everything. That is why we started this company. And it's great that we also have a game, <laughs> um, but it's always about growth for us. And that really is the driving factor that makes us like so hungry and like passionate about achieving our goals. And I think one of the big reasons that we had success on the Kickstarter was because we got feedback and advice from many different areas and we used all of it and we applied all of it all the time. I'd like to add one more tip as well. Uh, it's very simple. Uh, you know, don't give up. Yes. But also don't get attached to your vision. Like be ready to pivot if you need to. If I always wanted it my way, um, the game would never have been probably made. Uh, this game is definitely not the first vision I in, in, envisioned back in the day. It was going to be a text-based adventure game where mm -hmm. you play like one person. And so it's just evolved through other people's ideas. So the key is really don't give up. And if like, don't get attached to your one direction too. Like if you like, if you're allowed to pivot, allow yourself to pivot, you can find new paths that are actually better than the path you're on before. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And really, really don't give up. Like really don't give up. Like there will be road rocks. There will be times where you feel terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not like it's super fun. All the time. <laughs> right. It's not, it's not always fun. It's really challenging. And um, also with don't give up, like find someone who will support you and love you and pick you up when you're down. Like having a team like even when the team was just Alex and I, it made such a difference that there was just like one other person there who could like feel what I was feeling. And like, you know, we kind of like support each other through it. So like find someone that you can, you can lean on in those times. Yeah. I think that's all really good, really good advice. I mean, it, you don't fail until you quit. So if you keep going and you keep trying, you, you can still learn, you can still grow. 
networking yeah. is massive. There's so many indie mm. devs. I mean, between Instagram and TikTok and everything, like you can find so many people out in your community that will help you teach you something or someone that will learn with you uh projects you can work on together it's just it's such a cool community yeah, um, definitely. definitely and i guess really all that's left for you guys is just social media so let people know one where they can find you where they can check it out and then obviously like the indiegogo where can people support you guys yeah absolutely yeah. so one of our favorite places for us people to find us is pinterest uh you can <laughs> no. you go ahead we are on pinterest just for the record if you use pinterest you're just like an avid Pinterest user, you can find us there. But we don't have any followers right now, except for like us and one person on our team. So um, you can find us on Pinterest under Ages of Kataria. We're on pretty much every platform. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, um, Reddit, uh, Twitch. Um, yeah, we're actually doing a live stream tomorrow at 7 p.m. on Wednesday. So check Eastern. us out. Eastern. Eastern time. We stream every week. We have a great time. It's really, really fun. We have a ton of people who love to be there. Just saying, come join us. Um, Reddit, we have a, sorry, I already said Reddit. Discord, <laughs> we have a Discord community. You can join as well. Um, all of these links you can find at our link tree. It's um, linktr.ee slash ages of guitar. Actually, Third Pie Studios. <laughs> Third Pie Studios link tree. Um, if you just Google us, you'll probably find us. Um, and the Indiegogo, just go to Indiegogo and search Ages of Kataria. You could also access it through our link tree, or if you find the Kickstarter, which is one of the top things that comes up when you Google us, um, there's also a link there on the Kickstarter. Awesome. So, well, right I'm going to throw all that in the description so you guys can check them out, make it a little bit easier on everybody so you don't have to search yeah. so much. <laughs> um, and then I just want to say thank you, Nicole and Alex, for coming on here to talk about Ages of Kataria. Um, it's always nice to have developers on and kind of hear your story as to how you got into it, where you're going, what games you're doing, things like that. And for everyone that's still watching, if you like what we're doing here, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And until next time, peace.